so good to be with you on this last service of 2023. Wow, uh, we're here. Uh, but also, I love the worship team that, we're, uh, that we were being led with. A lot of them were young professionals. Uh, so that was really cool to be led by them this morning. Go ahead and open your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Uh, we will be there in a couple of moments. But as Pastor Aaron said, it's Christmas. Merry Christmas to you all. Can I go ahead and say this? Christmas is just too good to celebrate on one day. 12 whole days of God with us. That is amazing. We should not stop celebrating that because that is the good news that God has come with be with us. Uh, so I hope that you are encouraged this morning that we're going to continue to celebrate that God is with us this Christmas season. But I also want to do this, if this is okay. I want to give a special shout out to my my wife, Catherine. Today is her 28th birthday. Uh, so uh, happy birthday, uh, Catherine. Uh, if you do not know her, she is amazing. If you uh, don't have her as a friend, that is your loss. Uh, you should get to know her as a friend. Uh, she is a, a great woman of God. She's a great partner uh, in ministry, but get to know her. Uh, she's pretty awesome. I'm, I'm also biased, so uh, get to know her as well. Uh, it's New Year's Eve. All these things are happening. We have uh, the end of the year kind of plans, right? We have those traditions that we have. Who here is excited that we're moving into 2024? Are we excited? How many of you have reservations that we're moving into 2024? Yeah, it's, it's, there's the both of the, the joy, but then also the hesitation uh, of going into 2024. But if I can just lock eyes with all of you, can I share something straight from the platform right now before we even get Get into the sermon, can I say this? That wherever you are, wherever your spirit is, the same God who delivered us through 2023 is going to be the same God that delivers you through 2024. He is the same exact God. He's not going anywhere. He's going to be with you. You're not going to stop his faithful love to you. There's nothing to fear. So 2024 is going to be a fun time. I also want to say before we get into the sermon, before we get into the text, if you are a man, I have an announcement, something I want to bring to your attention. If you are a man, uh, this is for you. Uh, something that I was very passionate about several months ago, being led by the Lord, is that we need to go through the Bible together in 2024. We need to. You want to know why? Because we have men here that seek the truth, but it's a whole nother thing to obey the truth once it is found. I want to see our men know the truth and allow the truth to set them free. So I started an initiative called All the Bible, All the Men where we will chronologically, what, what that means is from his, history, from the very beginning all the way to the end, we're going to read through scripture in 2024. Listen, we are in, uh, as I have here, we are in an epidemic of obedience across the church where we have so much knowledge, but not the willingness to obey. And what I want for our men, what I want, can I say for myself, is that Holy Spirit would change us, change our home, change our marriage, change our city, because men of God devote to Scripture. So I want to invite you, starting tomorrow, 
starting tomorrow to read the whole Bible in 2024. And it will be a promise that Holy Spirit will change you because when the truth of God is captivating us, we will be made more like Jesus. So there are three things that I want you to know about this plan. First things first, if you are not in the CIL men group, you can go to church center and join that group. Once you get into that group, there's a bio where it shows the plan, a link to that plan. So you can see day by day the scripture passage that you will read. Um, If you want to actually get a study Bible, we have a link to that. It's Amazon, the CSB day-by-day chronological Bible. There's also a link for that. But maybe you don't like flipping the pages. I do, but some some don't. They would rather just wake up and go straight to Scripture on their phone. There's also a version Bible reading plan. There's a link to that as well, all in the CIL men group. I say all this to say, join me, be a man. And see what happens when you devote yourself to truth this year. So it is the Christmas season. And what I love about the Christmas season, I was captivated by the beauty of this several days ago as I was preparing for this sermon. I love that in the Christian calendar, the Christmas season, the 12 days move into the new year. As if to say that glory to God and endless peace should be how we begin another year. God sets up the calendar for us. What attitude, what way should we start the new year? Not with New Year's resolutions, but with glory to God in belief that endless peace is for us. It's unto us. So he set this up for us. In his story, across the Christian calendar. I love that. I love that as we move into the new year, in the Christmas season, we can continue to hold on to this peace. So let's move to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. And we're going to see how this Christmas story continues to give us encouragement as we move into the new year. Would you stand in honor of God's word as we read this passage together? Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40. It's a lot of verses, so stand boldly with me as we read this passage together. And when the days of their purification, according to the law of Moses, were finished, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, just as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male will be dedicated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice According to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation. And the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your servant in peace as your promise, for my eyes have seen your salvation. 
You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Simeon blessed them and told his mother Mary, Indeed, this child is destined to cause the fall and rise of many in Israel and to be a that will be opposed. And the sword will pierce your own soul, that the thoughts of many may be revealed. There was also a prophetess, Anna, a daughter of Phanile of the tribe of Asher. She was well along in years having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple serving God night and day with fasting and prayers. At that very moment, she came up and began to thank God and to speak about him to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. It completed everything according to the law of the Lord. They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. The boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom, and God's grace was on him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. The title of this sermon is called, When Salvation Faces Our Traditions. When salvation faces our traditions. Let's pray. You are God with us. Every time we say your name, Jesus, we're affirming the very identity that you always have been. And that is, you are God with us. So Holy Spirit, would you allow your word, both the written word and the incarnate word, influence, impact, save, and transform our hearts and minds now. We're not waiting for 2024. We have your word right in front of us. So would you reveal to us, reveal to us the power of, of your truth. Would you encourage us? Lord, may the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. May I preach the truth and allow the truth to set us free. It's the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray. Amen. Another ring of the bell, another kid on Santa's lap. Listen, it's 2005. It's 2005, and it's another year where Jacob is asked to be the head elf. It's another year where Jacob is asked to be the head elf uh, for his grandpa, Santa Claus. Yeah, I was a head elf. Believe it or not, uh, the sassiness and the drama began long ago uh, in 2005. 
that I got to be Santa's head elf. It was another holly jolly time where my grandpa served as Santa Claus in the neighborhood Publix at the Cool Springs Galleria Mall. I had to be that guy uh, to introduce kids to Santa Claus. Traditions like none other. I gave that warm welcome. Jacob the elf, what's your favorite color? that I would give uh, to the kids as they were waiting uh, for them to sit uh, with Santa Claus. And all I wanted as a kid, again, it's 2005, I could not wait for the new Star Wars Episode Three DVD for me to watch uh, when Christmas Day would come. Traditions like none other. I would be out in the cold, sipping a hot chocolate, seeing my grandpa give another up at that neighborhood Publix. He, he had a relationship with the meat manager where we got so much steak. So he created uh, this, this tradition, if you will, that every Christmas day he would cook a big surf and turf dinner where 30 plus people would come over to grandpa's house and we would eat some great lobster, but some even better steak traditions like none other. And then as uh, Christmas night would come, we sang our carols. Grandpa would share uh, the Christmas story from scripture. We would laugh. We would cry. And he would give the longest hug that any grandpa would give to his grandchild. Tradition like none other. We all have Christmas traditions, don't we? Do you have a Christmas tradition that you do uh, during the holiday season, during the Christmas season? Do you have a favorite Christmas tradition, one that you pass along, one that you participate in every year that you look forward to? Do you have one of those traditions? Do you have one that's coming to mind right now? We all have traditions. We all have traditions during the Christmas season. It gives us a great opportunity to remember who went before us. In fact, traditions form us. Traditions reveal us. Traditions move us. And maybe just to give us all a working definition, this is just what I wrote down. Traditions are the practices and beliefs that we do now and pass along to the next generation. These are traditions, practices and beliefs that we do now and pass along to the next generation. You know, Luke, uh, he wants us to know about traditions. Luke is this, this gospel writer. He's really good at storytelling, by the way, uh, that he wants us to know about the tradition. He wants us to know what's happening in this story, and he knows a lot about how we ought to look at traditions. In fact, about this story, this Christmas story, he wants us to know at the very beginning that this isn't some other baby. This isn't some other story. This is the magnificent story that completely changes all of world history in every context. It's this story, this baby, and in the middle of it all is 
tradition. So here we are in the story. It's eight days since the birth of Jesus. And what we get in the text here in the story is that he is named Jesus at this moment. His parents, Mary and Joseph, were obedient to listen to the angel. The angel told them to name this child Jesus. So eight days after the waiting, his name is, is, is happening. He is named Jesus. The story so far from Luke 1 all the way to this moment has been nothing but joy from angels to shepherds. It's breaking news, Bethlehem, everywhere you go. Some of y'all got that. It's joy and awe everywhere. And now we're caught up to this text. We're caught up at a moment of obedience, a moment where we practice tradition. That here in this moment, Mary, based off of tradition, is still ritually unclean until the baby is circumcised, until Jesus is circumcised. Mary is not allowed to enter the temple until the baby, Jesus, is circumcised. So according to tradition, Mary and Joseph had to take the child to go through this process called purification, where Mary would be purified so that she can re-enter the temple. But not only is this something that's happening in this moment, there's also the need for consecration. In tradition, right, the baby, the firstborn child, would need to be consecrated unto the Lord. To say that this child belongs to Yahweh. These are things that the people did in tradition. So they went to go and get purified. They went to consecrate this child. And I love this, that they brought what to sacrifice? Two turtle doves. Does that sound familiar? In that Christmas song, 12 Days of Christmas, that's not a coincidence. They sacrificed, they substituted two turtle doves because they were poor. So they sacrificed those doves to consecrate Jesus through circumcision to say that he belongs to Yahweh. Now get this, this is cool. It's already echoing what Jesus was to do for us. You see, they carried the baby who was, in fact, the substitutional sacrifice for us, for the poor, for the poor in spirit, for everyone in the world. They were carrying that very sacrifice, this baby Jesus. This moment of dedication would echo the moment of our adoption. All in this text, all in this moment. So Mary and Joseph go up to the temple again for Mary to be purified, for the whole family to be purified, for Jesus to be consecrated unto the Lord, to be called Yahweh's son, to be called this child belongs to Yahweh. And out of nowhere, we see this man Simeon introduced. Talk about an introduction. This man is righteous. This man is devout. He is a man of tradition. But the most important thing about this man 
is that the Holy Spirit is on him. Holy Spirit rested on him. Holy Spirit talked with him. Holy Spirit prophesied to him. Holy Spirit guided him. Holy Spirit was not some spiritual energy, but the very person of God that was leading him. And already in this story, we see a man that Holy Spirit is on. And Holy Spirit going before Simeon, led him to the temple at the very same moment that Mary and Joseph were participating in tradition to purify and to consecrate their son. Both tradition and the spirit of God meeting in the same place, not in the sanctuary, but in the courtyard. Holy Spirit has a way of showing up in the places that God isn't supposed to show up. Holy Spirit has a way of revealing Jesus to us in moments that we not expect. So Holy Spirit reveals to Simeon, you know, because he was promised that he would see the Lord's Messiah. So Holy Spirit reveals to him that this is the Lord's Messiah. And at the very interaction of seeing the Lord's Messiah, the very first thing he does is not give all his questions that he wanted answered. The very first thing that he does is praise God and says, now my eyes have seen your salvation. Check this church. It's the spirit of God in him revealing the salvation of God in front of him. It's God testifying about God right here in their midst. What we can learn about this moment, please hear, is that salvation is a subject before it is a verb. Jesus is salvation before Jesus saves. Jesus is before what Jesus does. Jesus is salvation and he is the light to all people. He is the light to all nations. We get a first glimpse Luke chapter two, we're only two chapters in. We get a glimpse who this salvation is for. Who is salvation for? Anyone who responds to Jesus as Lord with repentance. This salvation is for all the nations, for the ones who respond in repentance. And what will they receive? Salvation. And who is salvation? Jesus. So who will they receive? Jesus. The gift of repentance is Jesus. And wherever Jesus is, salvation is. Salvation is in your neighborhood because Jesus is salvation. Salvation is in your family because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is in your home because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is in your troubling thoughts because Jesus is salvation. Jesus is in all of those places that you fear most, the utter darkness, but he is the light because Jesus is salvation. He is with you. But listen, 
don't exclude Israel ever. Because yes, Jesus is salvation, the light for the Gentiles, but he is also Israel's glory, which means Israel matters. Israel has a purpose because Jesus is Israel's glory. So never exclude Israel. So Simeon is sharing and affirming this truth that Jesus is salvation. But what he's also doing is telling Mary and Joseph who this Jesus is going to be in the midst of nations, in the midst of empires. He is going to cause trouble. Has Jesus caused trouble in your life? Jesus is not going to look like the empire. Jesus is not going to look like counterfeit religions. He is completely other, completely good. So he's going to create trouble. In fact, he is the cornerstone that people will either rise or fall on this cornerstone. Those who repent, he will be their hope. Those who walk away, not be. Jesus is the cornerstone and Simeon is letting Mary and Joseph know that yes, there's going to be hardships in your life. But remember, he is the salvation of the world. And from this, another interaction with someone else, Anna a woman of God, a prophetess. That's completely rare. I don't know how many prophetesses you, you can just count off the top of your head. It's completely rare to have a woman of God who is a prophetess. And can I say something to you? Empowered women are not just in Jesus' Jesus's resurrection. Empowered women are in Jesus' incarnation too. At the very beginning, we see a woman who had been widowed and by tradition, she was supposed to live a life of sorrow. That's what you know about widows. That's what's been told about her. What could she give the salvation of God? Her thankfulness. She gave her thankfulness. She gave her happiness unto the Lord. That although she was a widow, she was not wasting away. Do you see what she was doing? She was devoting night and day to prayer and fasting, waiting for the redemption of God. So even in the midst of her own struggle and maybe even the feeling of hopelessness, that when she sees the salvation of God, her response is thankfulness. Her response is is belief that redemption has come. Praise God for women of God who give us this testimony that when we encounter Jesus, even in the midst of all our hardship, maybe the thing that we give is thankfulness. So each one of them, Mary, Joseph, Simeon, 
Anna. They're all caught up in this moment of tradition, following through what was told to them, how they ought to live their life how they were living their life. Simeon believing, being guided by Holy Spirit. Anna committing to prayer and fasting. Mary and Joseph coming to the temple. When faced with salvation, when faced with Jesus, they remembered, or maybe they were shown, what life is all about. What all of tradition is wanting us to see. What tradition is pointing us toward. And that's Jesus. So the main point, this is what we can learn from this story. The main point from this story is this. Our practices and beliefs, our traditions, need to point us to see Jesus as our salvation because Jesus is salvation anywhere, anytime, and to anybody. Our traditions need to point us to Jesus. And how we live our life, how we practice our life, what we believe in this life, is an opportunity to show someone else that Jesus is the salvation. And so Jesus would grow in strength and wisdom and grace to be the one who doesn't only banish death, but banishes death in us, making a new image completely by living among us. So more than ever, what we need to do in this life ought to point to him. As we enter into the new year, can I say something to you? As I enter the new year, I want the joy of my salvation, the joy of my Jesus to be restored. I do. A Bible reading plan, yes, is for the men, but if I'm being honest with you, it's for me. I want more of Jesus. I want to have my salvation, the one that has come to be with me, who has saved me from my sin, from the things that happened in my life. I want to be that that joy restored in my own life. I want the traditions that I do with my family and my personal and public life to point other people to Jesus. I want Holy Spirit to transform me from the inside out as I continue to walk with him. I want it. Do you want it? In 2024, do you want Jesus? Do you want all of your life to point to him? Do you want all of your life to remember the joy that you have in him? Because I do. And I hope you do too. So what about us? What can we do? How can salvation, when it faces us, how can we have traditions that will point us to Jesus, that will remind us that Jesus is our salvation? What can we do? What can we implement? Well, can I tell you, there are traditions that we need to keep 
There are traditions that we need to let go, and there are traditions that we need to bring back. Let me tell you a few. The traditions we need to keep. We need to keep gathering together as a Christian community. We need to keep doing that. Every Sunday that we gather together, it's not a coincidence because we are testifying to the Lord that Jesus is our salvation. We need to keep gathering in groups. You all, if you are not in a group, a 242 group, a Bible study group, whatever, you need to be in one. Why? Because Jesus is your salvation. So we need to keep doing that. We need to keep praying and fasting. You know what? I was at Asbury uh, whenever it was a year ago. I don't want to just have a moment. I want to live a life of prayer and fasting where I want to see more of Jesus. So we need to keep doing that. This encounter nights, this refresh night, don't put that on the calendar. Make that your priority. Because you will want to keep this rhythm going. Do you remember, Anna? Her response of thankfulness. We need to keep that going. We need to keep submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit. We need to keep submitting to him. Holy Spirit on us. Not the yoke of cultural pressures or pious fantasies. We need Holy Spirit on us. We need to keep that tradition going. We need to keep tradition of faithful marriages going. We need to keep that going. You don't need to just say that, hey, I worked on my marriage and my premarital counseling, and that was, that's fine for me. No, because every single day you're relearning that love over and over and over and over again. We need to keep having the tradition of faithful marriages. We need to keep the tradition of having parents that don't sacrifice their discipleship to cultures but recognize that they are saints of God to disciple their own kids. We need to keep that going. The traditions we need to let go. We need to let go of the attitude of bitterness and resentment. We need to let go of that. We keep adopting that for some reason. We need to let go of that. We live this, this attitude of us versus them. That anyone that's not like me, they're my enemy. Can I go ahead and say something to you? I'm aware, like you all, that this upcoming year is an election year. And this is all I'm going to say to you, and it's this. Our hatred toward an elephant or a donkey may actually reveal that the slaughtered lamb is not our God. That if you hate somebody else, you might just be revealing that Jesus is not your salvation. So we need to rid of that just that disgusting evil spirit of, of resentment and bitterness and respond with thankfulness to our God. We need to let go of allowing hurry and apathy dictate our life. Maybe some of you need to go on a digital detox where you're not waking up and living out your day, comparing yourself to the next person just because you don't have it. Well, guess what? You do, because Jesus is your salvation. You need to get rid of that. Maybe you need to go on a detox there. Uh, maybe you need to make space for mindfulness and thankfulness. Because maybe in your life, you're hurrying all the time that you forgot that you're a child of God. So maybe you need to make space. Those are traditions that we need to let go. And lastly, what traditions do we need to bring back? We need to bring back radical, ordinary hospitality. Where it's not just you hosting your friends, but you revealing your mess, the home to strangers. Where adoption isn't just someone else's calling, but maybe you consider adoption yourself. 
where maybe you need to come alongside a fostering community because they need to be cared for, period. Radical, ordinary hospitality. We need to bring back faithful witness. Listen, evangelism is not about extroversion or or introversion. It's about faithfulness to our God, to listen to our neighbors and to tell them about our Jesus. Stop making the excuse that you are not called to be an evangelist. We ought to do the work of doing evangelism. You are called to tell good news. We need to bring back this call to service where it's not just during November and December that that's when we want to bless our neighborhood. That we live throughout the year embodying missions where we're known for love of God and neighbor. That we're not waiting for the next year's mission trip. I'm going to live on mission with Jesus. We need to bring that back. And lastly, we need to bring back belief in God for the impossible. I have heard too many people say, it is what it is. Or it's going to be a hard year. It's going to be an interesting one. Friends, we need to bring back the belief that God can do what he said he can do. And that's resurrect the dead. That's bring sickness out of the house. That is to bring in peace when there is just chaos. We need to believe again that God can do the impossible. If there's anything that matters as we move into 2024, It's that you, us, me, we believe that God can do what he said he will do. So whatever traditions you keep, whatever traditions you let go, whatever traditions you bring back, know that when they're faced with the salvation of God, the most important thing is not actually the tradition but it's the salvation that looks upon us. I'm going to ask Aubrey, wherever he is. Yes, awesome. I'm going to ask Aubrey to come on up here, and I'm going to give us a moment of response. Not to respond to the sermon, but to respond to the text. I'm going to give us 120 seconds to respond in this way. That if you want to make your seat an altar, if you want to come up to the altar, you can. 2024, it's another year where God is going to go before us as God with us. But maybe in your life there are traditions, again, that you need to say as a family, I'm going to keep doing that. Maybe there's some traditions that you need to repent of and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Maybe there's some traditions that you need to keep, uh, that you need to bring back, where you say, Holy Spirit, would you strengthen me? Not to achieve, but just so I can see more of you. Whatever it is, let's take 120 seconds to just respond to the salvation that has come to be with us.